Welcome back to Beers and Careers. I'm your host, Mark Augustinelli, and as always, Beers and Careers is brought to you by the Davis Companies. Davis specializes in staffing services, uh, specifically targeting engineering, manufacturing, and IT skill sets, as well as, well as total talent management. Uh, check them out, www.davisco's.com. That's D-A-V-I-S-C-O-S.com. Today's guest is Quentin Porter, uh, former NFL quarterback, uh, played at Boston College, um, played in the NFL, and then uh, turned into a uh, sales executive, uh, really focused in the startup world. And we tackled uh, his entire journey there, um, which was really interesting and talked about his triumphs and some of the challenges he had to overcome both personally and professionally with injuries, etc. And um, how he's really parlayed it into a successful career and a, and a fulfilling lifestyle. So um, check it out. Really interesting conversation. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. So I guess without, without further ado, Mr. Quentin Porter, thank you very much for coming on Beers and Careers. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. Glad to be on it. Cheers. Awesome. Yeah, cheers to you as well. What do you got there? What's the uh, drink of choice today? Maine Beer Company. I don't know if you've had it. Of course, I got to represent Maine. This is called Mo. It's a pale ale. My favorite is Peeper, but the store I went to didn't have them. But Maine Beer Company, delicious beer. Uh, excellent. I will have to check that out. I have not tried that. No. Man, the Maine beer. Really good. Be yeah. They'll, they'll be upset with me for not having <laughs> not having given them a shout. So now right. we'll, we're adding adding the demographic. Exactly. Exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. You. Um, what was the one that you said your favorite? Oh, Peeper. Main Beer Company Peeper, I think, is my favorite beer that there is. I don't often take notes during the podcast, but, uh, you know, there's certain things that are just so important that you got to write down. So, um, awesome. Uh, before we dive in, I just got to just let the audience get to know you a little bit. A little rapid fire round that we've been doing. Um, yeah. Is beer your favorite cocktail drink? Great question. I wouldn't say so. Now I, I gravitate towards, you know, like a whiskey end of the day. Um, beer is amazing. It's just, you know, the volume. Yeah, so I, I, I'm keeping it to whiskey. I do love a margarita. Okay. Any particular whiskey? Yeah, that's a tough one. Jameson's my go-to. Love yeah. Jameson, especially if the Boston crowd's listening. But um, yeah, Maker's Mark too. Those yeah. Are too. I love it. Yeah, I'm a Maker's yeah. Mark bourbon guy. Uh, do you have a favorite curse word? So I, yeah, man, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, I don't curse that much myself. A little bit, but you know, I can't say he's my favorite. What is my favorite? Thinking about that though, is my dad actually swore against swearing. So he would come up with the most ridiculous, pretend to swear words to get his frustration out, and we always used to make fun of them, uh, like cripes or um, doggone it, like doggone it. What does that even mean? And we used to make fun of him and like say it all the time. So. I would say those are my favorite if I had uh, to, because they're not really curse words, but they're yeah. the same idea. No, good for you. Good for you. I uh, did not have that similar experience growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but hey, Italian family, things got you know, just uh, sometimes we let it rip. That's, that was how it went. Nice, nice. Um, are you into quotes at all? You have a favorite quote? Favorite quote. So, man, like I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan. So there's about a million of those I could come up with and not to betray him. Um, but my favorite quote is actually a Leonard Cohen one. And it says, there is a crack 
a crack in everything, that's how the light gets in. Um, so as we get into my career, we can probably parse out why that's um, nice to me, but I just love that because it's got both sides. There's a crack in everything, but that's how the light gets in. Ah. Um, I always find that nice and I remind myself of that. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. I've not heard that before. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's one of those ones that's so simple. It's deep. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's like hitting right on something very yeah. precisely. And he passed away recently. So, yeah, just I've been that one's been running through my head. OK, interesting. Now, what was on the career topic? What was your first job? First job. So do you mean first job ever or yeah, first job, first job like out of college? No, ever. ever. The, good, the good one. Got it. Okay. So interestingly, so my first job was in high school. I think I was a sophomore. I played football, which we can get into, but I, I worked at a gym, like a fitness gym, except I took, I chose to take the job in the, the daycare center. I had, I had like six nephews at that time, even in high school and wow. loved just hanging out with kids. So I'd rather get paid my whatever, seven bucks an hour hanging with little kids than checking people in at the front desk. That was my first job. Good for you. And that's a, uh, it's a pretty hard first job. Yeah, it was fun. You know, I, I, I did refuse to change diapers, especially if it was a girl. So I would just go get the parents. And so other than that, it was just having fun with them. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Now, where'd you grow up? Are you, were you originally in New Englander or no? Yeah, so I grew up in Portland, Maine. Yeah, okay. So you're, so you're, uh, the, the mini Boston. Yes, mini Boston, and you're back there now. Back there now, exactly. Been here like six, like maybe seven years now, back and loving it. Awesome. Well, good place to raise the kids. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's phenomenal. I have not got to spend enough time in Portland. You know, it's one of those places where I get to go every few years, and then you get up there, and you're like, why don't I come here all the time? Kind of thing. Like yeah. Burlington, Vermont, exactly. it's a similar place. I went to college up yeah. there, so I, I get there a little. More often, but uh, but yeah. Speaking of Vermont, Newport, Rhode Island, Newport, Rhode Island, Newport, Rhode Island, it's another phenomenal city. I was just talking to someone who's going to a wedding down there next weekend, and I was like, man, you're it's like you're gonna have a blast. You're gonna have an absolute yeah. blast. <laughs> um, so we got connected through a mutual um connection that I went to college with, Ted Kenny. Shout out, fellow St. Mike's perp night. Shout out, Teddy. So, boy. yeah, and he's he's uh, been listening to the podcast, which is much appreciated, and said you'd be a great fit, and kind of um, you were his former boss. Uh, that, all I heard was that you were his former boss. You played football at BC and in the NFL, and now you're the VP of sales for a startup. And I was like, okay, like that sounds like quite the path. Let's let it rip. So I don't know where you want to start, man, but. Uh, Clearly, football was a big play, big part of your life. Doug, high school football in Portland, right to BC, I'm guessing. Correct. Yeah. And and was BC the top choice? Like, how'd you end up there? Talk me through that. That that as a football guy must have been a fairly difficult decision because you're already starting to think about career as a high schooler. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're thrust into it pretty young. I knew that I wanted to do that, so I. I BC wasn't necessarily my first choice. I always was in, into the idea, especially of being close to my family. But they were actually one of the last ones to 
make me an offer, which was oh. a little kind of, I was like, yeah. So how it works, basically I'm from Portland, Maine, and really nobody has gone to division one, a higher levels, I think, especially at quarterback. Um, so it was sort of a unique thing. I wasn't being recruited, um, but I kind of knew what I was doing. And like my, I, I was six, four and a half, I think at that point. So we just got my film out to all these different schools. My, you know, my dad was helping me out, you know, in his off time. And um, so we went to these camps over the summer before my, my senior year. I think we went to like Kentucky, Purdue, Northwestern, Stanford, um, then at the NBC. And so each one of them actually, when I was there, ran me, like trained me or like um, worked me out by myself and ended up offering me a scholarship. So literally came away from this one trip where I had zero scholarship offers except from the University of Maine, one double A, and came away from that. I think it was with six one A offers and needed to make a decision pretty quickly because it was like late in the game. Um, just with talking with my family and and uh, and all that, I, I decided to go to BC one because they could come to games very easily. So it was a yeah. part of it. They 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 sort of nicely asked like, if you're interested in BC, we would much rather that. Um, and also just because they ran like an NFL style offense, I, w- I wanted to just ah. get into that and see if I could see if I could do that. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, Purdue is just like the college style, open it up, run and, you know, run and shoot. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a tough decision. But once I made it, I was I was in, I was on. I actually went down to BC um, pretty while I was still in high school to kind of get, be a part of the team. I was ready to go. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Did you what was like the close second or third? Like, I'm just interested to know how you weighed that decision out. I mean, I know, I guess I know how you weighed it out. It was a very family focused move, but who else was in the mix? Yeah. So I, I had narrowed it down to Northwestern and Purdue in BC. And um, the only reason I, I was really close to Purdue because I was like a super big Drew Brees fan. He was actually entering the draft that year. And I actually got to meet him when they were recruiting me and hang out with him, work out with him. So I was pretty close to that. But anything that happened is Kyle Orton, who ended up having a good career there and then with the Bears in the NFL for many years. Kyle Orton had just accepted it. They were taking two quarterbacks, but I was like, I don't know. They seem like they're pretty big on this guy. And um, They were actually also talking about some of the other schools were saying you could play another position for us, too. Like, we want you as a quarterback. But like if, if that didn't work out, we want you as a tight end. We want you as a receiver some of them saying outside linebacker and I'm like, I've never even played defense. So I don't know how you're saying <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, but BC was straight up. You're, you're a quarterback. So that was one of the reasons too. Very cool. And what, yeah. what was that experience? Like, I think there's a lot of, uh, originally the podcast was born out of the idea of high school, college kids or people making career changes, just documenting how nonlinear career paths are. And I think right. that normally when I talk to someone, I would just jump right now to be like, all right, so then after college, what'd you do? But like, for, for me personally, I played D2 lacrosse at a small school. It had a profound effect on my life and so many manners from relationships to work out, like all these things. Like, can I hear a little bit more about your experience at BC, what it was like, the ups and downs? And clearly it went well, yeah. right? You made it to the NFL, so. It was fruitful. Yeah, man. Like it, it was amazing. Wouldn't change it for the world. Obviously, I had challenges. Most of my challenges were injury based, right? So there's nothing okay. you can do about that. And, and yeah. you know, going into it, that this can happen. Um, I got injured like both of my years as a starter, 
two years as a starting quarterback there. I, I got injured 10th game in of, I think, a 12-game season my first year as a starter, and then third game in my senior year, and then they put in Matt Ryan, right? So I was playing well enough to, you know, be the starter and, and get me into the NFL and give me the opportunity there um, with limited actual playing because of injuries. And um, just because of that, it was one of those where, like, I'm not beating myself up too much, but I'm also like, why? You know, why me? But just from the experience of like how challenging that was, but also just amazing to be at a school like that and, you know, be down in Boston, have my family be able to visit, but playing in front of these amazing audiences, playing against, you know, Clemson, going out to Stanford, playing them. I think as a freshman, I got to play in the game out in Stanford, um, coming from Portland, especially, right? You, we might have 2,000 fans on a good Friday under the lights here. And then what I'm playing in front of Penn State a few months later, which is 107,000 people, there's more people in the Penn State Stadium than there is in the city of Portland. And just that experience and the, the thrill you got from that was unbelievable. And then, you know, going to school too, like going to college, that was really hard because you're just sort of juggling all these things. But I just have to say like that challenge is really set me up to where like, this business world, man, this is not, I can handle this all day long because what I was doing then from, from age, whatever, 18 to, to 21. Yeah. You know, I, it definitely set me up and it wouldn't trade it for the world. Time, a, a, a serious dry run in time management, just your entire high school yeah. and career. Yeah. Luckily you've got all the energy as a kid. Yeah. But it, yeah, it was also like, how do you do that and get sleep and I always was really pretty focused on grades when I was in high school, but that was the first time in my life I had to be like, all right, I might get a C on this test because I am not studying. I need to go to sleep and I'm going to see what I can do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you had, you had to weigh your priorities. And at that point, honestly, they, you know, they call it a student athlete, but my job was to be there and win football games against top notch teams. And, you know, some statistics tests the next day actually wasn't quite as important. Yeah, no, that that uh, that checks out. Those are real world decisions you're making right away as a 20 year old kid. So that that's wild. Now, like, what's it like in a like in a Boston college setting? I, I grew up going to games at the Heights. Like, I get it. Um, I actually was yeah. at the game where Michael Vick, I think, toasted him. Oh, yeah. It was like 55 seven. I was young. I was really young, but I remember being like, oh, yeah. My goodness, that's a man. Yeah. Playing. I was there too. That was my first game at any high level. Seeing as a, as a spectator, they invited me to go down. And I just remember being like seeing him and saying, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> it, was, it was shocking. It was a shocking <laughs> yeah. performance. Uh, yeah. and <laughs> he, he was like jumping around three players. And then I had to realize like those players that he's doing that around are really good players. Like this is not low level of competition and he was just making them look yes amateur yeah, it was crazy. Uh, yeah there's one play imprinted in my mind and I, I don't remember exactly how it ended up but it was a long run and he had beaten everyone except for one guy but because the run was so long the the safety was essentially running the same direction just like turning his head trying to get trying yeah. to figure out which way he was going to go and Vic just kept going back and forth and back and forth until the guy fell. And it was like, oh, man. Like, I felt so – like, I felt empathy in that moment. Being like, there's nothing you can do. Stop that human being. He, he won the SD 
for best best play of the year for college football on that play. That one, no way, really. Yeah, he won the SD on that one because I remember seeing it and thinking the same thing and wow. uh, watching it. Yeah, that makes me that makes that a little bit of me is like happy that I can pick out a good football play because I'm not like a huge football guy. Like we just didn't grow up playing it as much. I mean, I certainly yeah. appreciate the game, but just. You know, when I watch hockey, having grown up playing hockey, it's a different experience because I can see all the nuances going on. So, uh, oh, that's wild. No way. So, but I want to know in that environment, do you want like Matt Ryan, right? Like he comes in after your injury, as you said, what, like, do you you guys bury the hatchet down the road after that? Like, what's that like, right? Because you both go to the NFL. So... Is yeah, there like totally different circumstances? Like, but yeah, like, like, are you Eagles for life? Honestly, yes. Uh, you know, we'll text. He actually married a girl from Maine, so he's got a place up here, and it's all good. Like, I, I would say it took me some time just to bury my own hatchet from from everything. You know, because I, I was, I had been projected high for the draft. You know, going into that, and it just in an instant, all of a sudden, everything changed. Mm-hmm. And but but it only took me just a little bit, right? Like less than a year and then seeing from I was down in Houston and seeing how he was playing it's just not, nothing but happy for him like it yeah. was amazing to see he didn't obviously want me to get hurt like he came in and balled out so good for him yeah um, if anything it just showed me there's a lot I've learned about seeing him and what he did he he had this ability to just be so open and just aware like totally focused and aware and and just playing the game almost like a baby right playing a, playing with a, a toy nothing was running through his head I, I had gone through in, in college not only the injuries but um you know my dad passing away and coming from a smaller town where I didn't I didn't have I didn't even know what a cover two defense was right which anybody who knows football relatively well would know what that is I didn't even know what that was like I had no coaching I had all sorts of things running through my head, but I was seeing him. I'm like, wow, he is literally just out there throwing the ball and trying to make plays and nothing else is, is going on. So I was able to take a lot of that into my career after BC, which is when I put, when I played the, the best football, which would be mostly in the CFL, a little bit in the preseason NFL. But um, yeah, man, just totally happy for him and seeing what he's been able to do, at least, at least what he's been able to do earning money in the NFL Hopefully he gets a Super Bowl or another crack yeah. at it at least. Yeah. So on, so he had just incredible focus, like incredible. Yeah. Tunnel vision focus. That's 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 interesting. It's interesting to hear like you, basically in the same role, who had an incredible focus to get there, then be wowed by a peer's focus. Exactly. You know, right. that's kind of it's, it's well, sort of ability to just snap snap out of anything, right? And I I take that now into you know, sales calls I'm in or, you know, pitch meetings, internal meet where I've, I've, I've been able to figure out how to just let some of this extra thoughts try to go, right. And just let them go and just, you know, whatever it sounds corny, but, you know, be in the moment or whatever. But I saw that really clearly seeing him and, and then seeing the guys I played with at the higher levels after that directly. Um, it was a huge part of, I would say how football's helped, you know, me, I guess, as a, as a, person in the world I no I I uh, it really resonates because you know um when you're playing a sport at a high level and you accomplish something maybe in a quick instant let's say over the course of just seconds in a play and you almost like wake up like what just happened 
but you were in the middle of it because you were so in the zone. I find that's that being in the moment is very hard to replicate not in a, on, a, on an athletic stage because probably because this iPad is dinging and I'm thinking about what we're having for dinner tonight and did I do, do you know, yeah. all these other things going on. It's I think even though you say it's corny to try to be in the moment, I, it's probably for me at this in this moment in my life, the thing I'm working on the most, like consciously being like, okay, how do I stay present here? It's, uh, yeah. do you have any strategies you apply to use for that? Really, it would be, yeah, there's some, there's some ones that, you know, not to get too deep into it, but I think one of the big ones is having to do with your, with your identity, if that makes sense. So like if your identity is, if my identity in the moments where let's say I wasn't able to be present on the football field, which would affect my, ability to perform in that specific moment, like a split second moment. It's because I'm thinking about the story of Quentin Porter and where I came from and what I'm doing and what I said to the media yesterday. And, oh my gosh, I've got my, my girlfriends in the stands and my, you know, what am I going to say to the media after this? Or how did I throw that interception? And all these other things that are going on is, are sort of a story sort of past going into the future of, of this person that lives in the world separate from everything else. That actually isn't there. That actually doesn't exist. What's, what exists is this, what's happening right now. And that's where Matt, I could see, he's able to just plug right into that. It was a natural part of what he was. He was literally nowhere else. The idea of a person named Matt Ryan with some story wasn't having anything to do with what was going on. He literally was like, how am I going to get a first down on this play? That's all that mattered. Um, so that I figured out, this was later in my career in the CFL, that type of thing sort of occurred to me, and I kind of had to figure it out. I kind of had to search, and that was because it was the opposite. There was too many, too many things going on, and so the identity thing was kind of big. And once I realized this story of Quentin Porter actually doesn't exist, it's nothing. It's it's something that just exists in my head, and no one else could care about it. Who cares? What matters is what I'm doing right here, and I was able to sort of relax. So the second thing is like relaxing. So just relaxing into whatever it is I'm doing if a thought comes in, it just sort of goes, it's just like, it's, it's all going through. Um, and that, that was a specific year in the CFL where I definitely played the best football in my career. And that was, and, and like to your point, so for sports in particular, if you're doing well or not, it's immediately apparent. There's no, like, you're not getting a quarterly review or you're not like, how was my bonus at the end of the year? What did my boss say, you know, after the fact, after, you know, you know, performance review, it's literally on that play and definitely after the game, like it's known whether you did well or not. And then you're going to sit in the film room. Everyone's going to watch and, and you're accountable for what you're doing in that moment. So sports does put like a hyper-focused microscope on performance on a you know, split second basis that you immediately get feedback on. So uh, I was well aware whether I had well or not. Right. So then you have to figure out like, okay, well, why did it, why am I not, why did I throw the ball in the ground there? I don't do that. And you start to figure out some of the reasons why and being around people like Matt Ryan, getting to know, you know, people like Drew Brees, just seeing people that perform at that level. I realize that it's, it's because of what I'm saying. It's because they've been able to hyper-focus in on the moment and forget everything else. There's no, there's actually no ego there. If we want to get into it that way, it seems like they, they might have big egos, but in that moment, they don't, they're just able to hyper-focus on, on last is at hand. That's really cool. I was just about to ask you, um, well, I, I was, I got the impression you're someone who does a tremendous amount of self-reflection. 
right? Like that's clearly, you've clearly thought this through the why. I used to, I used to a lot more. This is more after the fact. I, I wouldn't say I'm self-reflecting too much or at least not as much as I was, but I, I had to do that because there was times in my career that I was re- trying to figure out why it wasn't going well. With that okay. And, that's and kind of yeah, so it definitely have been through a lot of it. No, that's really, it's really cool. I mean, it's amazing what it does though when you sit there and spend the time to do the work thinking what, what exactly. the impact can be. Now, are you on a lighter note? Were you the only person upset when the Pats came back and won that Super Bowl against Matty Ice? Good question. So I actually went, I had to do these interviews up here when that was happening because, you know, that was the story. Like friends with Matt Ryan, but a New England kid. Who do you want to win? Right. And there's like the, on the new shows here. And I actually kept saying, I, I would love Maddie to get one. Like I'm, I'm rooting for Maddie, you know, even though it might upset people. Literally the moment the game started, all of a sudden it was like, no, I definitely want the pass to win. Like (laughs) the truth was I wanted the pass to win, especially how the game started. So man, when that comeback started, it came, oh man, I was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I just was like, I wonder how that's, you know, you get caught in the middle of fans and friends and. All yeah. the time in between. Well, I would say now at this point, Tom needs to let someone else win one. It's right. That it's, I, I know. Yeah. Although, although it's, it's certainly thrilling when you stand back and take the, you know, who, whoever you are a fan of, you just stand back and look at what that man's accomplished is just insane. I just, oh, yeah. It's like, it's, it's I almost want to see like how, co- I just, uh, the one thing I've got is just, I hope Tom's uh, career ends in, a, in the way he wants it to end, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely a good guy. Definitely uh, quite an incredible yeah. uh, player and just person. Yeah, yeah. So now you get out of the NFL. You know, you do end at the CFL. Like, was that a hard journey? Like, how describe for me? Like, okay, it's time for me to get into the business world. And, and you know, you you chose sales. It sounds like, or or sales chose you, as many people say. Right. Um, but um, yeah. fellow sales guy. But uh, like, talk to me about that. That must have been that must have been hard in the initial term. It was. So um, you know, the NFL one, where I, I was, you know, I had other opportunities to. Usually, you start on practice squad if you're at that level, um, hoping to get back into the active roster and then get on the field and get a chance and. I just felt like that was going to be a shot just with how it was going. And I was actually thinking about being done with football. So that was only two years out of college, two years um, with the Texans and then a little bit with the Panthers. But I either had to just give it up and I was looking at Wall Street, maybe doing investment banking, just like go for something big in the business world then. But I knew like I hadn't, I hadn't done, I hadn't expired my desire to play football. Forget being in the NFL and making millions of dollars and more just like play football in front of people. My agent said this team up in Canada made this offer. What do you want to do? There's also a couple NFL teams for, for, you know, practice squad. And so I just, I did it. I was like, all right, let's just do it. I want to play. And Mm. you go up there as like the, the third string and Within a few games, I ended up being the starter up there. It's not that it's a, a low level of play, but it was, uh, luckily it was a team that was not performing well at all and losing games. So they gave me a shot and I had five seasons up there. And that's, that is where I had the best experience wow. with football. And Did you I say think five? I played, I've ever played there. Did you say five? five years in the CFL? Right. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And could, 
you know, I could have continued to play. There was a, I, I went to a different team and that coach left and went to the, the bears. He became the head coaching uh, head coach of the bears and like a new coaching staff came in kind of that. Like I, I got a little bit sick of that whole thing. Like coaches, you don't know. And are you getting playing time? And then like trying to compete with various people coming in. And obviously I'm not making money that I'm going to like retire off of. So it was a good living and obviously a great job. Uh, but I also was had, had my second kid on the way and oh. that was where I just said, I was think I was 30, maybe 31. I think they were going on 31 and, and just decided that that was it. Like that's when I felt the feeling of, I think I'm done. I'm done with all the extra stuff of football. I'll, I'll miss the games and being in front of the, the fans and, and playing the actual game, but everything else that goes into it, I was like, I'm done. I'm ready to try something else. And I'm, I'm not getting any younger. I need to get going on a, on a business career of some sort. So once I made the decision to answer your question, it wasn't hard. Like the decision came on its own a little bit. Um, so once the decision and then it was just about what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? And I didn't have a need to like immediately find a job. So I took some time. I came back to Maine, you know, the kids are, kids are growing, spending a lot of time with them. And I worked for free for a venture capital kind of private equity firm with um, based in Virginia, but one of their partners was here in Portland. So I just said, I'll, I'll work for you for free, man. Just let me, let me learn what you guys do thinking that I might go in that direction. And so spent like a summer and then a little bit into the fall. Yeah. Uh, just processing deal flow, looking at these companies that are coming through and like passing on the ones that I thought would be interesting to the person. What was cool about that and in the back of my mind was I was actually looking at startup companies that were interesting, looking for capital. And I was thinking one of these might actually be very interesting. And once they actually did invest, I was also part of like the, um, you know, due diligence and, and some implementation of, of their capital for, you know, so I got to have some experience and then I connected with Zoop, the first company I started with out of, um, out of playing football after playing football. And that was, that was how that came to be. And, um, so yeah, sales found me. I, I went there to be like, sure, I think I could probably sell this. It, it was selling a social media analytics into the sports, but I more just wanted to be like a part of something that is new and exciting and hasn't really happened. And they, they're trying to figure out what they're doing, who they are, you know, everything. So all the stuff I learned in college, cause I was able to finish my MBA while I was playing all those like case studies you do about, you know, pricing models and strategy, go to market strategies, um, organizational structure. I actually got a chance to, without having any experience in it, obviously be a part of that process for, for Zoom as a company and grind it out, you know, and, um, but, it ended up being just such a great experience because I, I love the idea that we were creating something and it's hard. Like startup companies are hard. Everyone knows. And to actually like make it work and go, that, that was fulfilling for me. But the fact that I was doing sales or whatever I was, because I was, as a startup in a startup, you're doing lots of things, right? Almost yeah. everybody's doing a little bit of everything. So yeah, I mean, that's great. And that's where I want to be. That's I'm, I'm back in that world now after a little journey outside of the startup space. But, um, you were right. It sort of found me and I, and I just, it's like the closest thing I can get to football because it's challenging. It's competitive. It's fast paced. You, I'm not, you know, I've got a lot of things I'm, I'm responsible for and we own it. Like us as a group with these little startup companies, we own what we're doing man. we either make it work or we don't. And there's no one else that's going to do it for us. So I just love that part of it. Mm. You, um, it's interesting because you also like, Start, do you think you prefer the startup or I'm going to just classify it as like small business, startup, small business because of 
the impact you can have. Like you played a very impactful position on a on a big on a big roster of a team, but like ultimately it's fifty guys. So like it's not that huge. Yeah. Um, did that have to do with it? You think is that why you feel at home in a small company? You think you'd feel lost if you worked at you know ten thousand people? Yeah. Yes. I think you're right. Like same thing with a sport, a football team, and even more focused on that is my is the offense. My my job is to make the offense yeah. go. Right. Like, yeah, we look at each other in the huddle and we're the ones right here that are going to get the ball down the field. No one's going to do it for us. It's the same thing now. Like, who's going to get the next bulk of deals that we need to make this company go or the company's going to fold? Um, I think I do sort of thrive on that. It gives me energy, like gets me up in the morning. I had a little bit of time with a bigger company you know, um, sort of made a, a switch after Zoom into a, a bigger company that had more sort of pieces, I guess, in place and, you know, this sort of hierarchical hierarchical structure um, just for the idea of maybe being able to make a bunch of money selling this like performance advertising pretty quickly there. I realized I, that wasn't for me. So I came right back to the startup tech marketing world. Yeah. So I think this is where I'm always going to be. And and some of it's going to be my own companies. I've got, um, company called the Maine Athletic Center. I'm starting here in Maine, which is going to partner with with USM, um, University of Southern Maine, where it's a you know big indoor facility. We're going to run programming for the community and for the students out of it, and then hopefully replicate that elsewhere. But like same thing, I'm gonna I want to own that idea. I want to own the work behind it, and that's that's what's going to give me energy. I definitely can't sit in a cubicle and do you know meet some quota I need to meet. <laughs> yes, yeah, it worked for a little while, and now you need more. Be more project-based work to tackle and build something, so to speak. Do you, yeah. I'm, I'm like, when you – give me where the crack is. Like, where was the crack in your career that let the light in? Like, I'm kind of interested because I was trying to Great question. pick some places, yeah. where I guess, because I feel like – can I make a guess, maybe, that, that the yeah. crack was maybe not – fulfilling your dream completely of the NFL, but you're able to parlay that experience and also your knowledge of really professional athletics for certain, certain uh, products that you're, you've represented along the way and just your knowledge of that or that's fair. Is that a guess? That's that's, that's fair. Fair and a really good question. I'm glad you asked. Like, yeah, that, that quote means a lot to me just, uh, but I think the initial crack honestly was my dad passing away. He passed away uh, when I was a sophomore. Yeah, sophomore at BC, I literally just became the starter, or at least was told you're going to be the starter next year, going into your junior year. So it was just before spring ball, and he, you know, has a sudden heart attack when he's dropping me off at BC, and I was 19 years old. That was the first time where I, like, it was definitely like an opening of a crack. Before that, I just, I was just, I didn't even think about anything. I was always happy, just working my butt off, trying to play. That was the first, like, crack that happened that, like, hit me hard. And so then, then I went to spring ball and broke my collarbones, like basically in the first practice. So now I'm supposed to be the starter, break my collarbone in practice, and I, I didn't have a spring ball. Still had to compete. Obviously, I had to compete after that because I didn't have spring ball. And I went into my junior year, so I was able to beat out the other kids and, and still be the starter. And then so that the, the crack started from there and got hurt, right? So the, the junior year, then I got hurt again my senior year. So those things were like cracking the crack more open. And that it wasn't until probably three or four years later. So like after the NFL, actually my first year in the CFL, whatever year that was, 
where the light came in, if that makes sense. And yeah. A lot of that was remembering back to what I remember about, I saw with Matt Ryan. So like that focus of Matt Ryan, that's light. He's, he's shining light on what he needs to shine. I don't know what cracks he's had in his life, or maybe, maybe some, some people don't have to have cracks for any sort of light to come in that, you know, I guess blessed would be the word. Um, but yeah, that, that all tied into there being some cracks that needed to um, happen so that some growth could happen with me. Um, and that's where you kind of can't be, can't be negative or can't be spiteful about the things that happen. You just got to keep moving on. And I, I wouldn't even take back any of those things that happened the way they did because I kind of like where I am now. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I get, I, one of the coolest parts about my job is that before I did the podcast, I got to talk to a shitload of people, like in all different walks of life and all these things. And I think I, I will admit I was excited to talk to a guy who had played some NFL ball like that. Like just, you know, I had, I had some buddies that went to BC um, and actually play, like you would know, I, I'm guessing, you know, of Nick Rossi and Rich Lapham and those guys are in, in my networks, yeah. but, uh, and buddies, but you know, having a guy who's a quarterback, on, I was excited to talk about that. But I think the two things that have struck me the most about our conversation today as it pertains to career. Like, and if you're giving advice to people or trying to help people out, it's like, uh, you took a pretty shitty situation with the Matt Ryan thing and you could have like kind of shut down. And I don't even mean like shut down, like stopped and like bitched about it, but more like just stop paying attention to what was going on. But in reality, that turned out to be you watching what was his secret sauce. Let's call that, that focused and, and ability to see so clearly you learn from that and you used it later in your career, which is like a, from where I sit is a super mature way to go about handling a situation like that. Cause it's paying you dividends down the road, probably in your personal life with your kids too, right? Like phones ring. It's like, Nope, I'm at my kid's birthday party right now. Like that's what I'm doing. So that for me like stands out. And the other thing is like when you said he took the job for free at, at your buddy's company, like I think, and it ended up helping you give get insight into other companies. It's like, I, now you certainly worked your butt off to be able to afford yourself to work some free, some free hours. But I, like when people are asking me, especially recent college grads that still live with their parents, like, what would you do? It's like, I would just get involved anywhere because you're going to gravitate and find opportunities as they arise. And uh, we glossed over the fact that you said, yeah, I took a job for free. But man, did you parlay that into a career? That's phenomenal. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think it, it's sort of one of those like everything that everything that you experience in life can be something that benefits you one way or another. It's very easy to start to say all these negative things about what's happened. It's very easy to complain. A lot of people get into that, but if you can actually flip it the other way and say like Matt Ryan coming in and taking my job and going off and getting 120 million dollars out of college could be a horrible thing right but also i got to i got to get to know him i got to see him play and do you know do what do, see somebody do something at the highest level that there is in the world and mind you it's i think the toughest position that there is in sports but i got to see that and so why throw that away like there's a lot that i could take out of that um so yeah man i appreciate that i think a lot of it was just you know putting putting ego aside and just taking all the things that you can take from your experiences and seeing what you have, you've got this, you know, everybody's got a lot of experiences that they can build on and use. And if you can kind of get out of your own way a little bit, um, I just think that goes a long way to 
moving forward. It, we're always going forward. So why not keep going forward and use what you can from what you've yeah. experienced to, to help you move forward better? Yeah. No, I, I love it. I loved your quote too. I mean, it really resonates with me. I, I uh, although my journey probably not as well documented or as publicized as yours, I actually tore both my ACLs my senior year of college. After being a, an All American as a junior, I played lacrosse in college, and then a uh, a preseason All American, and we were ranked nationally, and we were we were really thinking we might make a run at it. And I remember um, being so upset with the whole ego piece of like being not able to play and what was me, you know, big man on the smallest campus ever. But then in like reality, looking back, like I'm almost like, I don't want to say I'm happy I'm happy, but I'm happy things worked out the way it did. Cause it really cut me at the knees of being like, dude, anything can happen at any point in time. And it kind of changed yeah. the way I like looked at certain things that came through my life. So, I mean, you know, I know we do. I do the podcast for others, but I, my uh, your story really resonated with me as well. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing it. Do you, do you have advice like for people? Like, I mean, now you've worked in the startup world. You've clearly uh, you clearly grew up in athletics. Like, what would you say for people who are looking for jobs? What's what's kind of on the top of the list for advice you would give folks? Uh, as far as looking for jobs. I, just in in the career search and and in, uh, yeah. in finding meaning in their careers, maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, everybody's going to be different. You got to find something that you know, because the specifics are going to be hard. It's not like one thing is going to line up perfectly with some specific thing. Like I want this type of job, right? Um, I think where I was was that talked about it, where it's like you know building something. Like it, it excites me to start start from scratch and hustle and grind and go for it, and that's what's exciting. So within that, there's quite a few things I could have done, but I knew if I stuck to that as as my sort of um, my compass there, something would fall in and I would be able to find it. So once the once that opportunity came with Zoom, I knew right away it was easy, and I'm I'm up on day one. Let's go. Um, the other would be like set goals and be very specific about your goals. So not goals like I want this specific type of job with a specific company, but like what are the goals that you want for your life? Five years, 10 years, but then also what are the what are the interim steps that you need to take and be very specific about that in order to meet those goals? And then finding the job that gets you there or finding the thing to do within your existing job to get you there starts to become easy because you've, you've very much set those goals. So um, that's something that also like with football, I was able to luckily learn and, 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 and implement here. And then I would just say the other one is just go for it. Like what about another quote? So what is it? Was it, it was either Gretzky or Jordan. I think it was Jordan. Like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. I think that was Jordan. And it's so true. Like if you don't go for it and you sit here and we're, we're all thinking about this and that and comparing ourselves to others and have all these various things we're trying to process um we're not even going you're not even going towards the thing where you could instead of thinking or um you know wallowing or instead of you know focusing on this certain type of car you want to drive or something you actually could just be doing whatever it is that next thing that you could do right now to get you closer to those goals you've set um so if i had advice i don't i don't really give advice to people but if, since, since you asked like dude go yeah, for it man do. Don't, I, yeah I, don't hold I, back I mean, to do is, uh, especially as you're young, because you just find yourself in things you would never find yourself. I had no idea I'd be on this 
and just was a product of doing a little bit every day. You know, it kind of works out, and you get <laughs> and you get happy because you keep steering yourself in the right direction. So, no, man, that was really helpful. Yeah. And I again, cool. Quinn, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate your time and uh, really appreciate some of the advice and you sharing your story and the triumphs and and uh, challenges along the way. And next time I'm in Portland, man, I gotta buy you a peeper and hang out. Peeper, yes. Thank you, Mark. I hope I didn't get too deep and weird for people, but yeah, that was fun. Oh, Cheers. no, not at all. And if, and if, uh, and if it's too deep and weird, <laughs> then they can find someone else to listen to. Not a problem, man. I loved it. Love it. Mark, Have a good thank one. you. My pleasure, buddy.